This is the Alarm Entourage. Hello, welcome to the Alarm Entourage. I'm Gareth Jones, and you can probably hear in the background the sound of New York. I'm on the Staten Island Ferry with Mike, Smiley, Jules, Dylan and Evan. And we are currently out on the Hudson Bay with the breathtaking view of Manhattan and the Statue of Liberty right in front of us. And I have to admit, I'm in tourist mode because I've never done this before. Mike, this was a brilliant idea. Oh, coming in on the ferry, yeah. It's a great way to see Manhattan, isn't it? Yeah. Go past the Statue of Liberty. and I've never seen it. I've never done a, it. Get a sense of uh, the scale of, of this part of the world, yeah, the yeah. metropolitan area. It is vast, isn't it? And it's all yours, Mike Peters. It's all the alarm. <laughs> it feels like it at the moment, yeah. It's pretty brilliant. Where are we playing tonight on Staten Island? We're, we're, we're playing on Staten Island. Yes, yeah. it is tonight. It's the running joke, isn't it? It, it was the same joke in 1983. <laughs> Staten Island? Yes, it is an island. Yeah, and we're here, and uh, we're playing the St. George's Theatre, beautiful location. And, uh, yeah, I've got some fond memories of Staten Island. In 1985, I ran the New York Marathon and started on uh, the Verrazano Bridge from Staten Island and ran into the city, and it was a fantastic day where I thought, well, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> get the ferry next time, and here we are. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you didn't make me run a marathon with you. No, I, I couldn't run to the toilet. Uh, marathon. I love the way that the tour has gone so far. We are now less than, what, 10 gigs away from going home now? Uh, yeah, nine shows left, yeah, we've got. And, and then we've got a hurricane to contend with. It, it's it's uh, going to be touch and go whether we actually get the last four shows in Beyond Atlanta because uh, it, it, there's a lot of reports that it's going to be a hurricane uh, hit in Florida, Category 5. Uh-oh. So it's touch and go, really. And uh, it's ironic, it's hey, 2019. 19, but uh, these things uh, come to challenge us, so uh, let's see. Uh, you know, and then I go yeah, home to the hurricane of change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tours, yeah. Maybe I, I think the weather follows you around, which is why you end up writing songs about the That's weather. Right, yeah. I the hurricane, rain in the summertime. Have you ever considered that you may be a rain god <laughs> or a weather god yeah, and you're like influencing it? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a conductor for the weather. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's touch and go. Uh, mm. yeah, we've had some reports uh, from the Orlando show they sent us a storm warning email yesterday saying just wanted you guys to be aware that there is a hurricane blowing in so you never know that hurricane of change apparently (laughs) thank you smile thanks I'm here till Thursday trying to fish (laughs) (laughs) there's a a sense of jeopardy I mean it's 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 weird being you know we're getting a nice ferry the weather's beautiful we're driving into Manhattan and it feels like great but lurking over the horizon there is is a little sense of uh, trepidation that something could derail the last few dates of the tour which would be which would be a shame but uh, hopefully we've got a few days and it'll blow itself out and and nature and fate will be kind to us let me turn around because i want to face the 
view behind me come and stand next to me because right in front of us at the moment there she is in all her uh, copper or bronze glory yeah, I don't copper, know that's there. what happens to copper it goes green goes green yeah. over time which is why Spock has green blood did oh, you know that, that? Right? Okay. our blood's based on iron and when it oxidises it goes red brown his blood is based on, on, on copper so it oxidises and goes green anyway long story <laughs> but uh, the point I wanted to make about the Statue of Liberty is that you've mentioned a couple of times during the meet and greets that we've been doing about your grandfather William in yeah. fact you mentioned it to Billy Corgan when he That's was on right, the programme yeah, yeah, yeah. he came to America but only saw the Statue of Liberty not, he didn't see it on the way in to us right now yeah. we're going into Manhattan he saw it leaving on a ship bound for Britain probably Southampton I would say let's get a picture let's get Jules smiles we need a picture of me and Mike in front of the Statue of Liberty move quick the podcast we're going live yeah it's got to be 16 by 9 can you get one of Two, with it in the background yeah. we go live photographs yeah, for the programme this, this is the moment go 16 by 9 go sideways go sideways he's going to do two yeah. go the other way smiles it needs to be that way yeah, yeah thank you all right, thank you. Sorry about the pause. Yeah, now, space. Okay, so let's all swap round. I'll go in the middle. You go that side. You go this side. Your grandfather, William, what? You, Frank Jones, came here at the end of the First yeah, World War. Yeah, he came in in 1918. Stayed till 1921, and he he left just after in the beginning of that year. And he just got the Welsh hereite, the homesickness, and uh, he he was uh, it was New Year's Eve. 1920 I presume coming into 21 and he saw all the fireworks and was thinking about all his friends back home in Wales and decided that, that he wanted to be with them rather than being American so you know, I mean if, if he'd stayed fate might have played a different hand for my life I might have been born in America and being an American child and uh, who knows so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he came home to Wales himself me <laughs> too uh, he yeah. was a big big influence on my life and spent lot of my childhood because my mum and dad ran the pub and the hotel in the summer in real it was such a busy time the busiest time of the year for them was, was the school holidays right so I spent most of the school holidays with my grandparents particularly my granddad it's one particular summer quite a formative summer I, I presume for me really without in the benefit of hindsight he'd broken his leg and he's had a fall and, and so I spent the whole summer looking after him and, right. and uh, got, going to get his newspaper and his couple of cans of Guinness for the weekend from the off licence he would be so proud of you now as we stand oh, right yeah. in front of Liberty there she is yeah, he, always he would be made up to know that you are not only seen it once you've seen it a dozen times how many yeah, times many have you been to America two dozen but more I think every year since 1983 yeah. and it's usually involved a trip to New York so yeah and you can't come to New York and not see the Statue of Liberty it presides over this part of the world obviously that was a gift to America from France and the, the French soldiers told my granddad all about it and, and he was, he really had to see it I guess I suppose pictures of the Statue of Liberty were, were hard to were passed around so often in yeah, yeah. 1918 so it was probably for his generation a wonder of the world
world and what it represented the, the, the equality and the freedom and the opportunity that's what he aspired to but he saw it as he was leaving he set sail from New York City and, and uh, yeah, in this song and he always used to say he goes but Mike I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty and that was amazing but the best sight I ever saw was when I crossed the bridge into Wales and I knew I was home and uh, you're always influenced by your elders aren't you and your heroes yeah, yeah, yeah. My, he my, my hero and, uh, and, and so I, I always loved going home and living the kind of life my granddad did you've heard me say this story before probably my tide as you say Welsh you know grandfather my mother's father so well in Fawkes his brother moved to Canada and his brother always wanted him to visit he would never visit because my tide was afraid of flying so eventually he plucked up courage and decided to go and visit him but not on a plane he would go by boat he would sail and halfway across the Atlantic the boat that he was on sank it was hit by a plane (laughs) (laughs) and my tide told me that joke and I believed him unbelievable unbelievable He sounds like your granddad. Oh. My tide and your tide. Yeah. Granddad's would have got him famous. Oh, he was a very, very funny man, my grandfather. Never made it to America. He'd have loved that. Smiley's hanging over the side of the boat here like a dog with his tongue hanging out. You enjoyed it, Smiles? I'm, I'm like a Labrador. <laughs> we head out the window. It's fantastic, man. You've done this before, haven't you? I have done it before, but it never gets boring. It's wonderful. It's a great way to spend a Friday lunchtime. Is that what it is? It is a Friday lunchtime, yeah. I had to track. check, Gareth. I had to Thank check. you. Look at that. Manhattan behind us. I know this is not a video episode of the podcast, but you've seen the images of Manhattan, this unbelievable financial powerhouse, one of the greatest financial powerhouses, if not the, on the planet, on a lump of rock on the River Hudson. Watch out for Tom Hanks smashing into the water <laughs> in a Boeing 757. We're going to be careful about that. Right, I'm going to be a tourist for a minute and take some pictures. Go on, go on. All right. soundtrack for you now as we board the uh, is it the green line number five we're on the New York mass transit system now where are we going bowling green and why Mike (laughs) are you not going to tell me it's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how even going (laughs) we're headed to Grand Central Station that's where we're going Uh, Midtown Uh, it's a great hub of uh, Manhattan and uh, everything, oh, access to all the other metroplanes spin, spin out from there. So we're going to use that as our starting point for the day. Right. It's kind of like being on the tube in London, but a lot cooler. And by that, I mean they've got air conditioning. I think they have got air conditioning. It's nice. And it's pretty hip, isn't it? Wall Street. What'd she say? Next Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> You're enjoying a tourist edition of the ILR Entourage podcast. Can I squeeze in there and talk to Jules? You like New York, don't you? 
Well, I am a professional tourist as well. I would give you that. <laughs> it's the only reason why I book these tours, so that we can be tourists. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when we got to the uh, escalator there, you went up the stairs. You're very good at that. <laughs> Why, thank you, Gary. You didn't take I, the easy option. No, I try not to take the easy option. I, I just think every little bit counts, and I try and teach the kids to do it. And so I was pleased to know that Evan went up the stairs. I was too. about to say, he was with you <laughs> right there. Good lad. <laughs> You've got to stay fit, but if you stay physically fit, I find for me, it makes me stay mentally fit. Yeah. I'm being on a bus with nine other beautiful guys I need to stay both physically and mentally fit eight other beautiful guys and me <laughs> how are you bearing up beautiful. how are you bearing up here we are what less than ten shows nine shows away we are now from the end of the tour how are you bearing up I feel great I feel, I feel fresh I, I could keep on going now I could, yeah, yeah. I could do this for 12 months uh, it's my natural habitat I think you're right yeah. and uh, I think it would be uh, quite a big adjustment for me to go back to the UK I mean we are going straight to Iceland so we have something ridiculous like 16 hours back in Wales to repack and sort the kids out but um, I think when we get back from Iceland I think it will be maybe a little bit of a struggle we joke it's like coming back from space coming back up at all and I think I might need to go into a sort of decompression chamber yes. to just adjust to the normality of yeah yeah our life's never nine to five, but of course there's a certain rhythm dictated by the children going to school that that means that you do head back into normal life. And, and I think I'm probably happier in, in the bubble of touring where, I know we've discussed this before, but touring means that you just deal with the here and the now. And I think it's very healthy for the mind because here we are today, we're just coming into Manhattan, we're, we're doing a bit of work for the Alarm History Project but all we have in our sights is the concert tonight back in Staten Island and, and that, that rhythm makes me very contented. I was talking earlier on about control and the reason that this tour has been easy is the wrong word but doable is the right word is that everything when you're on the tour bus is under control. You know what time you're going to get there, you know how the sound check's going to play out, you know how the gig's more or less going to play out. Um, most people don't have control over their lives. They have to be at work at a certain time in the morning and uh, they don't know how that day is going to go or they do, but it was the same as yesterday. It's never the same for us. So I think being on tour, like you say, it's in a bubble, but it's a, a control bubble where you're, you're happy because it's all going well. You know? I think that's true. And I, th and I think most importantly on this specific tour, having you, Gareth, on board, you, you've been um, an amazing asset to the morale and the camaraderie of the team. And that's hugely important. Mike and I could not do this and would not do this if it wasn't for the fact that we have such a happy team. And I think nearly so seven weeks in you're absolutely right we're all in this happy bubble I'm not saying that things don't go wrong and we don't have our little moments I, I personally have been really really tired the last few days but I I'm sometimes feel a bit overwhelmed by everything but it's like that's okay to feel overwhelmed that's being human and, and I think it's um having friends that you can go and have a little chat with that's why walking every day is important you can if we're all going to probably irritate each other at times you know I find sometimes having to always keep on top of the bus 
I wouldn't say irritating because I love everybody so much on the bus. <laughs> but, you know, you have to get, there's a lot of give and take. And you have to recognize everybody's personalities. And for me, probably being the matriarch, I'm acutely aware that for all the guys on the road, that some of them are away from their families and their loved ones. And, and I'm not. I have all my loved ones around me. And I keep in touch with my parents every day. So I always try and be mindful of that so that we are all trucking along quite happily. I think the answer is that whilst we have loved ones at home, there's some loved ones here as well, oh, you know, it's a fair exchange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and because I've been on the other side when the children were young and, and I have always, you know, even through breast cancer, uh, you see it on the BBC documentary, I didn't quite know what my path was going to be with my treatment but I insisted that Mike continue with his touring and when Mike is on the road and I'm at home I say to him don't waste all your time calling me just enjoy the moment Mike and I love being with each other but we're happy apart as yeah. well you know love will tear us apart yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, love won't tear us apart it's like it's like setting each other free and giving each other space and yeah. we're here in Manhattan I briefly FaceTime my parents just so they could see the view but really, I, th I think you've just got to live in the moment and, and not waste all your time trying to reach home because they're busy. They've got their own stuff going on. As Sting twice said, if you love somebody, set them free. And I'm a Welshman in New York. <laughs> I was an Englishman, he said. <laughs> hear the sound of a New York accent. We've emerged into Grand Central Station. Even if you haven't been here, you will know what Grand Central Station looks like on the inside. This magnificent atrium. Three huge windows that look like portcullis. Thousands of people all steering around each other and six of them are part of the alarm entourage. Mike's doing a piece to camera with Jules at the moment about the alarm history. I don't know exactly what that's for. Smiles, you've been in here before, have you? Uh, yeah, only once, though. You know the building? I know the building from many a film, and it's, I remember standing at the end, I can't remember when it was, but it is, it's one of those take-your-breath-away places. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's beautifully maintained as well. It's immaculate, isn't the it? Only, like all America is. The only thing that's, that's, that's rivaled it in recent years is the new one at, at 9-11, the, the new station. If you go down, that's astonishing. I'll take you. Okay. It's a date. Yeah, all right, right done. Okay. I'd like Lovely. that very much You're buying indeed. dinner. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. That's a fair deal, though, Smiles. I'll trade that off. I'm trying to think, is this building in the movie The Fisher King? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. And, and countless other films. Yeah. Gorgeous. And here I am with the alarm. What a ridiculous universe I live in, where you get to do rock and roll and visit places like this. And I'm very glad that you guys get to enjoy a little bit of it as well. If you're an American listener to this, it won't sound so astonishing as it does to us Brits or other Europeans or people from other parts of the world. The sound of America in motion 
and Mike and Jules have been in motion a minute ago. Mike's brought a wreath with him, a poppy wreath that says the alarm on it. Okay, Jules wants me to do a picture, stand by. And if I can do a photograph and podcast at the same time, but I'll give it a go. I'm dodging people who are trying to walk around me. I'm holding a microphone, I'm holding a phone. Okay, Peters, here we go. Perfect. You probably heard the click on Jules' camera. <laughs> right. We have to publish that as the episode picture for this show or something so people know. Mike, Mike, can you tell me what you were doing here or is it going to remain a secret for the moment? Yeah, for the moment, yeah. Okay. It all will be revealed in the fullness of time. You see, even I don't know what you're up to. And I've known you for 41 years. I've always forward planning, Gareth, you know me. I know, yeah. You've got like a, a six-minute plan, a six-month plan, a six-year plan, a 60-year plan. That's right. It was always... A, you know where the list started. Yeah, I do. And it's still going you're still adding things to the list aren't you yeah we're going to start a band make a single move to London uh, get an agent get a manager uh, go on top of the pops go and go to America we've got the top of the pops in America thing the wrong way around (laughs) that's true that's the list that Mike presented me with in 1980 when we gave up our jobs in North Wales to move to London to make a, a pop group happen that's it and the list you know we ticked all those boxes absolutely but they still you know the forward planning is it's really important in a band especially if you want to balance the the history uh, that with the with the continuity with the, with the modernity of what the band's all about to create the space for new records in the light of having to honor certain anniversaries that that come up from time to time so they get their place and space to to be recognized and and looked into again and so it's a delicate balancing act you know and it's not just about getting up on stage and booking a show and going from one place to the other everything has to have a direction and and a purpose you know it goes back to unsafe building we're here for a purpose but we'll have to search for it and i'm always searching for that purpose every single day create a plan stick to your plan and it'll pay off right? see it through absolutely yeah you have to if you've got to have a vision you have to see it all the way and sometimes that it can be diverted of course but if you know where you're going and then you can deal with anything that chance happens to bring along at the same time but I always try to work off the bottom line think well okay well I know we can control this I know we can get to there without anything exciting happening or chance interfering on the way so it's good to stick to a plan and have a plan well you have a plan you stick to it but you also adapt it like last night three songs into the set at the gig in uh, where were we last night on Jersey, New Jersey Park. Uh, you were having radio issues with your guitars so you took your guitar off and told the rest of the band you're going to do Knife Edge yeah that's it yeah. genius <laughs> I don't know if it's genius but I just felt that the start of Sold Me Down had been slightly interrupted I'd changed guitar and the, the frequency to the amplifier was, was uh, cut off so I had to put the guitar back same thing happened to James it's a, it's a modern plague of rock and roll when you go wireless because everyone brings their iPhones into a gig and when they start holding them up and broadcasting on Facebook then there's a lot of wireless noise happening as well as audience and rock and roll so sometimes it can cause problems with the uh, the, the Wi-Fi you know from biggest bands to the smallest bands it happens uh, interference can happen at any time so I just felt well here's a chance to play another song and, and uh, change it up a little bit and uh, and I thought it was a, it was a cool thing to do and I think the audience 
appreciated it as well. You said so on stage. We've got a couple of technical issues, so we're going to do Knife Age. We're going to change the set. And the room was already well psyched. That gig was sold out months and months and months ago. It was a real alarm crowd in last night. It was. It was amazing. But I noticed at that point, you know, the the trajectory of the gig went from climbing to a a vertical ascent like a rocket. (laughs) It was a special uh, moment. And and, uh, sometimes you, you look for those in a gig. You know, you look for those moments. They don't just happen sometimes uh, they they you know something does occur in a gig and and it just changes the direction and, and I'm always one being let's go with the flow you know we're not we're, nothing's set in stone around the alarm we have to be adaptable at all times I've noticed that <laughs> Mike's just revealed to me that he's got a song about something in this room. What, what, what? We're in the main concourse, Grand Central, and there's a golden clock here with four clock faces facing north, south, east and west. And when I came here in 95, one of the clock faces had a hole in it. And I asked the... uh, one of the terminal guards what, what what happened he said just somebody came in here and just opened fire and put a bullet through the clock face and uh, I thought wow I could hear the song instantly in the broken silence we can disappear which is what lots of people are doing they're disappearing into their lives when they arrive here and uh, wherever those lives take them and I uh, wrote a song called Broken Silence but then years later I found out the guy was having me on about the gun oh show. no <laughs> yeah that was a shame isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but, but you got it, a song out yeah, a fantastic song. What's the song called? Broken called Silence. In the broken Silence. How does it go? In the broken silence, we can disappear. In the broken silence, miles away from here. There it is. Thank you. I don't know if you can hear the waves washing on the side of the ferry and the wind blowing. But that's it, our afternoon of tourism in New York is over. We're back on the Staten Island Ferry, making our way back to Staten Island for the gig tonight. The time at the moment is just after 4.30, and I've got to be there for 6 o'clock for the meet and greet, the Sigma experience where people get to meet the performers on the band, and I conduct all the interviews, so hopefully... I'll be there in time to do my job. You've been listening to one of my other jobs, the Alarm Entourage podcast. <laughs>